can you tell me your name and just the year that you were born, please? Um, my name is Andrew Eaton Lewis and I was born in 1973. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Houghton, uh, which is a small village um, near Carlisle in the north of England. And what is your professional background? What is my professional background? Um, well, I probably spent most of my professional life being an arts journalist. Um, I, um, well, I, I, did, I did an English degree, English literature degree at Stirling University, and from then I did a postgraduate diploma in journalism. Um, I started off doing work experience on a local newspaper um, in Clydebank, uh, which is where my parents were, near where my parents were then living. They'd moved from Carlisle uh, up to Helensborough uh, on the west coast of Scotland um, uh, when I was a teenager. Um, so I did work experience there. And <clears throat> I did the postgrad in journalism and then went on to work on a local newspaper for two years. Um, I then became arts editor of the big issue in Scotland. Um, I then became uh, deputy arts editor at the Scotsman newspaper and then arts editor at the Scotsman newspaper and was there for the next, oh gosh, 14 years in various, um, um, uh, so, but, but within that time, I was also doing other things um, and was increasingly more interested in making arts events happen and supporting arts, arts events rather than writing about them and kind of seeing them from a distance. Um, so uh, I was involved in uh, some theatre projects. Um, during that time, I was in a band. But I, I still make music. Um, and then I eventually went freelance in 2014. Um, and since then, I've been uh, doing various things. I've, I've started working two days a week for the Mental Health Foundation in, I think it was, I think it was 2014 or around then. Um, might have been 2015, actually, I can check. Um, and I've also been working as a freelance for various different people. Um, I'm I, um, increasingly working as a, a theatre producer and an events programmer. And I'm working for, working for the Scottish Mental Health Arts Festival has really helped kind of propel that and gave me a lot of more kind of experience and confidence in, in, promote, in, in, in organising and in kind of programming arts events. Um, I now am mostly based um, in the Outer Hebrides and I uh, work part-time there for uh, Anlanta, which is an art centre in Stornoway, um, for whom I program um, a winter festival called the Hebridean Dark Skies Festival, which is a, kind of a mix of uh, arts and astronomy events. So it's, um, it's kind of stargazing events with astronomers, but it's also um, film program and, and, and theatre and art and music and, and various other things. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, and, but for, for the past five years, um, I've been working for the Mental Health Foundation um, primarily on the Scottish Mental Health Arts Festival programme and contributed to that, but also on various other uh, projects throughout the year. What was the first role that you um, held that had both mental health and the arts as its focus? 
Uh, probably this one, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, this one. Um, I mean, I'd always, it, it very much appealed to me. Um, I, I, I'd just gone freelance and I was interested in working with a festival or with, a, with an, an arts organization to, that was programming events. And yeah, I had a, a kind of a, a long interest in mental health from, from personal experience. And so, yeah, it was, it was appealing to me to, to work with an organisation like that. Can you tell me a bit more about your your specific role um, with the Scottish, Scottish Mental Health Festival? Um, um, it's quite broad. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, it kind of responds to, to what he's doing. Um, but um, my, yeah, my role is kind of to develop new work for the, for the annual festival. Uh, and that has involved kind of working with artists to support, uh, to, uh, supporting artists who want to make work about mental health and don't quite, perhaps, perhaps don't quite know how to go about doing it and who they should be talking to and how to do it respectfully um, and various safeguards that they need to be in place to do that. Um, I've, but, but, but yeah, that, that, that's very broad. I mean, I, I, I support the film programme. I, I, I support the writing awards. Um, uh, I uh, uh, commissioned a play um, for the um, 10th anniversary of the festival, which was the first time the festival had commissioned a play. Uh, and it was a play about um, Sid Barrett of, of Pink Floyd, who was the, the, the original singer with, with Pink Floyd, who famously uh, left the band, um, having gone through um, various, well, gone through mental health problems that were not, a, I don't think ever diagnosed, but um, but he very much kind of cast the sh his 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 departure from Pink Floyd very much kind of cast a shadow over the band, and they have written songs. Some of their most famous songs are about him and and about their relationship with him. Um, so, and more recently, I've been working with a few other uh, theatre makers on develop developing new shows about mental health. Um, I set up. Um, an award at the Edinburgh Fringe called the Mental Health Fringe Award that was uh, three years ago um, in response to the fact that there were a lot more uh, shows at the Edinburgh Fringe that seemed to be explicitly talking about mental health um, from comedy shows to theatre shows to various other things and so each each year we, um, we um, give the award to a show that has really interesting things to say about mental health and we invite that show to come to the mental health festival the following year so we've had three winners so far um i was uh, i i programmed or i was kind of the lead programmer i guess on a on a conference for three years called the dust of everyday life um which brought together people from the arts and people from the health sector uh, to kind of exchange ideas and, and, and ways of thinking. Um, I worked on a, a health and human rights festival called Declaration uh, for two years. And um, I was, what else have I done? I, uh, I put together a book um, called I Am um, uh, with the National Theatre of Scotland, which was a collection of um, pieces of writing by uh, transgender people from all over the world. I'm talking about uh, what it's like to grow up trans in lots of different countries from um, uh, all across 
Europe and America and uh, the Middle East and uh, I, I forget where, but there were, there were at least a dozen different countries represented in the book. So I do lots of different things really, and it, it, it's, it's quite adaptable. Um, but the general principle is I support new artistic work, support and help develop new artistic work um, that explores mental health. Can you tell me about some of the memories, some of your favourite memories um, from working in mental health and the arts? Um, oh gosh. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, lots. I mean, a, a, couple, a couple that jumped to mind. One is, um, one was an event that we ran at uh, the Dust of Everyday Life, the Arts and Mental Health Conference, where we talked about theatre and therapy. And um, we, we had um, a therapist on the panel who spoke about therapy sessions as kind of a form of theatre in that you, um, you set up a space in a very particular way and you, you, there's, there's a way of engaging with, with somebody, which is, there's a kind of, a, um, it's kind of hard, hard to explain, but it was, it was one of these moments where you, you found this, there, there was this really interesting connection between um, uh, the worlds of arts and creativity and and the worlds of health uh, and the health sector, and you do get lots of overlaps between those different worlds, but quite often they seem quite different and they have very different ways of talking, a very different language that, that they use. But it was it was yeah that was one of the, those moments when it was really interesting to see. Um, uh, yeah, people finding common ground where you wouldn't necessarily expect them to. Um, another, another very fond memory is of um, of the the Sid Barrett play that we did um, for the uh, the festival's tenth anniversary, which was a long and complicated process because um, we really wanted to use Pink Floyd's music in it, or, or Sid Barrett's songs for Pink Floyd, and so we had to get permission from Pink Floyd's management to do that, which we managed to get, which I'm told almost never happens. Um, uh, but because it was to do with mental health, it was a mental health related um, uh, project. And um, because it was very respectful, I, I hope to, towards Sid Barrett and, and his memory, um, they, they said yes, which was, which was great. And we also managed to get um, uh, Sid Barrett's nephew uh, Roger Barrett to to come to um, to come to Glasgow for the opening of the show and to do um, an event where he talked about his memories of his uncle and yeah it was a, it was just a really lovely event and and it, and it, and it brought together people who were interested in mental in the kind of mental health aspects of it and also people who were just Pink Floyd fans and really loved the music and it was really it was a really nice really accessible way of talking about mental health and, um, and, and the stigma around mental health um, and using the arts to do that. It was really, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a good example of, of what we were able to do well at this festival. Yeah, so that's, that's a couple of memories I'll enjoy. What's the main thing you think you're trying to achieve with the work that you've done with mental health and the arts? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, the honest answer for me is because my main love is being an arts programmer. I want to create good art, you know? I, I, I want to create, um, I want to 
tell stories in an interesting way that, that move people and inspire people and that make people think about the world in maybe a different way, way and, and hopefully make people think about mental health in a different kind of way. So that's kind of my, yeah, that's kind of my main, main motivation. But um, I think in, in doing that, yeah, I, I, I always kind of feel that if you put the art first, if you then everything else kind of follows from that because um, art in whatever form, storytelling through, through, uh, through visual art, through music, through, um, through film or, or whatever, it's, that's how, it's a big part of how we understand the world and how we communicate with each other and how we understand each other. And I feel that if you do that well, if you, if you create stories that feel authentic um, and, and that move people, then, then the awareness of mental health, you know, the, the kind of the things that a mental health charity would like to achieve in terms of stigma, in terms of raising awareness, in terms of challenging perception, they all kind of naturally follow from that. Um, I sometimes think that if you do it the other way around, then, then the art can occasionally suffer. I think you, you need, the art needs to be good. So that's my, kind of my main motivation to, to, make, to make something good. You know? um, yeah, yeah, if, I, if, if I'm honest. I, I, don't, I don't know, uh, I mean, as, yeah. I might have to kind of rethink how I'm phrasing <laughs> that, but, um, but, but yeah, that, that, that's my main, main motivation. Did you, did you ever find that the work you were doing affected your own mental health? Well, that's a complicated question. Um, I mean, my, my experience is um, I have kind of long-term recurring anxiety and, and depression, um, which has never been kind of debilitating to the point of having to be off work a lot. Um, but it's never really gone away. And, and, and more recently, I've been wondering whether a lot of it is act, has actually been prompted by migraines. Um, uh, but, but anyway, that, um, so in one sense, working for the Mental Health Foundation is the first time in my life where I've been in a professional situation where I can talk openly about that. Um, and I'm comfortable talking openly about that. You know, if, if in, in previous jobs, I would say, if I was feeling unwell, I would usually give some, and too unwell to, to go to work, I'd usually give some other reason. Or I would not, it's not, it was a difficult thing to talk about. I mean, but you know, that there is less stigma about around talking about mental health now than there even was five years ago. So I don't know, maybe, maybe if, if I'd still been in other jobs that didn't involve mental health, then that would have changed anyway. But, but certainly I was really aware when I started working for a mental health charity that I was able to and comfortable in, uh, in talking about that. Um, the other side of that is that um, constantly being involved in work that is about mental health is a kind of constant reminder of mental health and It can be it can be more stressful sometimes, and, and that's something I think all of us working at this organisation have to be have to be conscious of. For example, I mean, I'm I'm one of the I've been one of the jury members for the film competition, which involves spending a huge amount of time watching 
<laughs> watching films about people in distress, which is distressing, you know, of course it is. Um, so you have to be careful with that and just kind of manage your time carefully. I mean, the same applies to the Mental Health Fringe Award at the Edinburgh Fringe. I spend, I now spend most of my Edinburgh Fringe each year going to see shows which are about mental health, which are often challenging, which are often, uh, which are sometimes distressing to watch because they're people talking about suicide, they're people talking about being in really um, traumatic situations. Quite often they're about traumatic childhood experiences they're, or they're, they're about abuse. They're about all the, um, you know, all the uh, most traumatic experiences in early life that can, um, that can lead to adult mental health problems. So yeah, it's, 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 the answer is, is that it's doing this job is being very positive for my mental health. Uh, not only in terms of being uh, being able to comfortably talk about it, but also feeling that I'm doing something to help, you know? I mean, um, I, I, anybody who's gone through mental health difficulties themselves would like to be trying to help people who who are going through something similar. So, and that, that's one of the most rewarding parts of the job for me. But also, yeah, I mean, you just have to be careful that, that because you're exposing yourself constantly to a lot of material that is about quite traumatic subject matter. You mentioned that um, mental health is much more talked about than it used to be. Mm. How, how did mental health used to be viewed when you first started in this line of work? I think some of the stigma around it had already gone, I think, but um, Particularly in the media, I think, um, anyone going through mental health uh, problems were, was not treated very well. You know, there's this famous um, headline um, from The Sun um, referring to Bonkers Bruno, which is about Frank Bruno, the boxer, um, who was going through a mental health crisis. And you, I don't think you would get away with that now. There's a lot more... I mean, I think there was a negative reaction to it at the time, but there's, I think, perhaps a lot more understanding about it now, but, but, but there were a lot of mental health stereotypes in the media and also in television, you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, mental health would be used as a plot line, as a kind of shorthand for, for someone doing someone te something terrible, you know, someone would have a breakdown and go and hurt somebody and you know it was it was associated with violence it was associated with something to be frightened of you know people were, were going through some schizophrenia in particular um would be um used yeah would be regarded as something frightening and i think there's a lot that i mean for, for example there have been um tv soap operas in the past few years where they have, whether the, the makers of these shows have been talking to mental health organizations and they have, um, as a result of that, created characters and, and storylines in a much more, in a way that was much more respectful and much more accurate about, about um, depression and anxiety and schizophrenia and bipolar and all these conditions. And there's also been, um, you know, some fairly high profile people like Ruby Wax and Stephen Fry and, and um, others who uh, um, have, um, have talked about 
um, uh, their, their own mental health struggles. And that has, uh, and, and all that I think is, has, has really, um, yeah, contributed to a climate where, where, where it's much easier to, people are more open about it. So, but certainly, I mean, the, the, re the reason we set up the Mental Health Fringe Award, for example, was that we had seen at, at the Edinburgh Fringe a kind of huge upsurge in the number of shows that were talking in a very positive way about mental health, uh, explicitly about mental health, rather than using mental health as an excuse for a plot line or to, um, to, to actually, for actually people basing um, storytelling on their own experiences. Um, yeah, so, so, so and, and the Edinburgh Fringe, is, if you look at the Edinburgh Fringe quite often, you see a reflection of what's happening in the culture more broadly, because you, with the Fringe, you get people coming from all over the world and you get people trying out new work, um, which often ends up feeding into what's on television, which is what's on film, which is what's on, you know, um, in West End theatre shows. So that you, you see kind of ideas about how to present things being kind of formed there. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was really interesting to see. What kind of mental health community actually existed when you first began? In the mental health community? Particularly in relating to the arts. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, in a sense, the mental health festival has helped create a community I think um, that it's a place where people who want to talk about mental health through storytelling in various forms can can find kindred spirits and and find validation and and develop their own work um, and I think we see I mean I particularly in the past two or three years I found that um, people come to us you know um, uh, quite often because they've been directed towards us by other arts organizations in, in Scotland as, as a place which is supportive of this kind of work um, but I, but that's I mean that's a very yeah I, I, yeah I think I think Schmaff has gradually been building up a community around um, a kind of community of interest um, around mental health and the arts for yeah for, for the whole of its life really so and, and it was already the festival thing was already about eight years old by the time I by the time I joined so that was already happening. How did you find people um, similar sorts of people to connect with and where did you meet them? What kind of spaces would you use? Spaces. I don't know if that really applies to me in terms of kind of physical spaces. I mean, I, I'm, I, before I started this job, I'd been kind of working in the arts in Scotland for, um, for over a decade. And albeit mostly, mostly as a journalist, but, but, but through that and through doing a, a, some of my own projects, I'd met lots of musicians and lots of theatre makers and lots of artists, lots of artists of different kinds across Scotland. So I kind of knew what was out there and who was doing what and, and what the organisations were that supported artists. And so when I started the job, I, one of the first things I did was just, just kind of reach out to people. 
and um, set up a lot of meetings. Um, I mean, Schmaff does not have much of a commissioning budget. Um, so to an extent, we rely on people wanting to make work about around mental health be, and who are funded through other sources kind of coming to us and wanting to be part of our annual program. So one of the first things I did was just try and see if there were ways that I could encourage that more, you know, and, and just spread a bit more awareness about, about the festival among um, kind of the artistic contacts that I had in Scotland. So um, yes, it wasn't that I found a community in a, in a particular place. I, it was more that I already was part of a community of, of, uh, of artists in Scotland. And so I just spent a lot of time talking to them and, and kind of advocating, I guess, for, for the festival and what we do and encouraging them to, um, to, to, to work with us. How did you encourage people, and I mean particularly people who have um, issues surrounding mental health, how would you encourage them to get involved? Mm. I would say really just if they felt they had a story to tell and they were comfortable telling that story, then we would be an obvious place for them to do it. And I generally wouldn't say more than that. I mean, I, I would never encourage somebody to make a show about them, their own mental health or make some kind of piece of artistic work about their own mental health if they weren't already considering doing that, I think, because you don't want to push people into things. But you could, if, if you sense somebody going down that road, then there are conversations that you can have that will help support them through that process but it's it's a delicate thing um if you making something around making a piece of artistic work about your own mental health but can put you in a very vulnerable vulnerable position and i'm very conscious that in building a whole festival around that kind of work we are we are providing a showcase for that but also there's a duty of care in, in making sure that people are, yeah, people are okay while going through that process. So it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to sum up, but but um, yeah, it, it, it's it's more often more about support than about encouragement as such. Or, or, yeah, you mentioned earlier that art was kind of the making good art was maybe the main objective. Mm. Um, and the mental health sort of followed on from that. Mm. How would that impact the the kind of people who you would reach out to, maybe like demographics and things? Do you think that again, art was the the first criteria that you used to decide who to reach out to, or do you think that mental health was? Mm. Well, both. Um, cause there, uh, yeah, because on, on the one hand, I will approach artists who I think make interesting work or could make interesting work. And so in that sense, the art, the art would be the, the first consideration. On the other hand, we have historically offered commissions, um, which, um, and I've been involved in several of those 
where I'm not approaching specific artists and, and, and we're putting a call out. Um, like I, I mean, the writing awards is a good example of that. Um, and uh, the Out of Sight, Out of Mind exhibition, um, which I'm not involved with, but it has been part of the festival. Um, and we did a, a commission this year called My Experience of Isolation, where we were looking for people to make art about, well, about their experience of isolation, which was kind of in response to the, uh, to the, the COVID lockdown. So in, in the case of each commission, it's, it's, all, it's always framed around mental health. You know, that we, we would not be commissioning work if there wasn't some mental health element to it. So in that sense, the mental health comes first. You know, we're, we're not, we're, we're only going to accept submissions if there is some kind of mental health aspect to it. Um, that being said, mental health is a very broad theme. I mean, mental health can, um, we can be talking about a condition that has a diagnosis or we can be talking about just general well-being and health and strategies for self-care. Um, so, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm dodging the question here, but um, my, my general instinct is to look for the art. But when we are, when we are putting a, some kind of call out for work, there will, the, the mental health aspect will be kind of at, at, at the forefront. And um, I mean, I mean well, one of the projects I was involved in, well, here's, a, here's an example that straddles both. One of the projects I was involved in recently was um, a participatory art commission on the, on the Isle of Lewis, which is where I live. And we were looking for artists who would work with um, uh, three local mental health service providers and work with service users from those mental health providers to create something together, to kind of di direct the creation of something, um, which would then result in some kind of exhibition and which would explore um, uh, mental health stigma. Um, so in that case, when we were looking through the applications, I mean, obviously we were looking for interesting artists, but we were also looking for people who would work, would, would be able to work with um, service users for mental health um, organizations in a way that was inclusive, in a way that was respectful, in a way that was um, conscious of different people's needs, in a way that um, wasn't exploitative, in, in a way that put, uh, that made the, the process of making the work for the participants as important as the, as the art that they created. So, yeah, that, I mean, so on the, on the one hand, we're looking for artists who are in, for interesting and make interesting art. On the other hand, there's all these different things that you need to consider, um, particularly with the participatory arts commission, where you can, where, where you're going to be working with um, potentially vulnerable people. In the the artistic work that you produced, what kind of messages or themes were you most interested in? Um, I'm. <laughs> I'm interested in, um, I'm not sure art ever needs to have a message. Um, I'm interested in, in any theme really that, that speaks to people's experiences. I mean, the, the, I would say most of the projects that I've worked on have been based on somebody's own personal experiences, and there's, so there's an authenticity to it. Um, because one, one of the one of the 
one of the aims of the mental health festival that we often talk about is to amplify people's stories is, is to provide a platform for people to talk about their own mental health experiences um because you you get something that's i feel often that you get something that's more authentic that way um and it's more relatable um um so yeah i'm i'm But, and that doesn't necessarily mean somebody's own personal mental health experience. It might be their experience as a carer or as a friend. But if there's, we are, I'm most interested in, I think, art that has some kind of personal connection to it, um, rather than somebody just using mental health as kind of a hook or as a, as a theme because they thought it'd be an interesting thing to write about. I mean, you, you tend to get Yeah, but the, I mean, this is, but this is, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out working with somebody who was writing about uh, mental health, having had no personal experience of, of that particular subject, because you would hope that as a writer, they're empathetic and, and, and they will do their research and they'll understand it. But, but yeah, the, the, the projects that tend to speak to me most, persuasively are, are, are the ones where somebody has some kind of personal connection to it. Did you ever encounter any messages or themes that you flat out rejected? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, when I was, on the jury for the film competition, there are some films that just don't get through the initial judging stages because they, with the best of intentions, they perpetuate stereotypes and, and they're just not accurate about, um, about, uh, about what they're trying to explore. And so they're not helpful. And, and also, you have to be really careful when you're um, when you when you when you're looking at something that explores suicide, for example. You know, people people make work about suicide with the best of intentions, not understanding that it can be potentially triggering, and that you know there are strict rules that we follow about depictions of suicide. We, 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 and I would. Or certainly on the whole, we would not showcase something that has an explicit de depiction of, of, of someone um, or, of self-harm or suicide. I mean, there are exceptions, but it, 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 yeah, it, it's complicated, but that's something that we're very wary of. Um, I mean, but I mean the, the exceptions I think would take place, would, would, would occur if somebody is creating a piece of work around, around their own suicide attempt or their own self-harm where it was very important to them um, to be upfront about what happened and what they went through. In which case there's a kind of a tension in between respecting people's creative decisions and, but also a concern about triggering other, other, other people. Um, so yeah, there there have been. I mean, there was there was a film, for example, about suicide that we rejected, um, 
a, a couple of years ago because it was quite powerful in lots of ways, but there was a very, um, there was a very graphic um, scene where, where somebody took their own life and we were just not comfortable showing them. Who, who funded your work? Um, it was initially funded by CME, um, the anti-stigma uh, anti campaign. Um, and it's been, yeah, I, I think I was, I was originally on a one year contract and then they just kept renewing it and they kept finding ways to pay for it because um, they wanted me to continue. Um, so it's, it's, it's basically supported by the Mental Health Foundation, but then men, obviously the Mental Health Foundation is supported by various other um, uh, lots of funding from various different places, but it's, it's underwritten by the Mental Health Foundation. Do you find it easy to attract funding? Do I find it easy to attract funding? I don't think anyone ever finds it easy to attract funding. Um, it's, it's a constant, um, it's a constant challenge. Um, I mean, in the years since I have been working at the festival, we've increasingly been getting funding from Creative Scotland. We've been funded, I think, five, five years in a row now by Creative Scotland. And that's been a significant part of festival funding, which I think speaks to the quality, the artistic quality of what we do. Um, but certainly in the early years of the festival, it was, it was a really interesting situation that it was an arts festival that was primarily funded by the health sector and by the NHS and the Health and Social Care Alliance and, and various people. And, and it still is, I mean, it, it still has, has significant funding from, from CME, from, from the NHS and, uh, and the Royal College of Psychiatrists, but also from Creative Scotland. But um, all of these people face their own funding challenges and, and you, you never know from year to year whether any of these people are going to continue to, um, to, <laughs> to fund the festival or not. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the funding, the big funding challenge with the festival is that we don't have a guarantee of stable continuous funding. We're not a regularly funded organization by Chris Scotland, for example, which would mean, I mean, if we were, that would mean we would have three years guaranteed funding. So, um, so yeah, we, 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 we exist from year to year. We never know whether the next festival is, is going to be funded or not. So it's always precarious. In terms of impact, what have been some of the, the audience reactions that you've had to your work? Um, some of the audience reactions are generally very positive, <laughs> I think. I mean, um, some of the theatre projects that I've worked on have had really good reviews. Um, the, we, um, the Sid Barrett play that we did um, uh, was very well received. Um, we've had uh, very good, very positive media coverage for, for quite a few years now. The audience feedback is usually very positive. Um, it's been, uh, we're just starting to get audience feedback from this year, which has been interesting because the whole festival was online. So we're presenting it in a very different way. But that has largely been positive again, um, uh, with the people saying that the festival was accessible in, 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 uh, um, uh, to um, the people were able to attend events that they wouldn't 
normally be able to um, for uh, because of the cost of travel or because of social anxiety or because of illness or or, or for any other, you know any number of other reasons that make it difficult to go into a, an arts arts venue or a community center somewhere in in, in the middle of town. Um, yeah, and I could probably find examples of audience feedback and reviews, but it's, it's generally, I, I feel like there's a, a, a good response to, to what we do and um, very, very positive feeling about, about the festival. What about challenges that you faced along the way? I, mean, we're, I, th I think that the biggest challenge apart from um, just the funding situation, which is always precarious, is that we're a very small team. Um, I mean, well, in some ways we're a very big team because we have these re various regional coordinators all across the country who are all kind of doing their own programs. Um, but in terms of the central team, it's been me and Gail Alden and, uh, uh, and Robert Dickey. And uh, we did have a, a film lead, um, Richard Warden, who's, who's no longer with us. So Rob has been taking on some of that role. Um, so yeah, we're a small team and often spread quite thinly, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge festival all over Scotland, 300 events and yeah, so the, the, the challenge is being in many places at once, um, which is always impossible and, and, and also in trying to promote you know, you know we're, we're presenting ourselves as this, as this showcase for all this work, but with so many events on, it's, it's often a challenge to give people the kind of uh, exposure that they, they deserve and to be able to support individual events as much as we would like to. So that's, that, that's kind of a constant challenge to um, yeah, give people the PR and marketing support and, and other kinds of support that, um, that, that they need to make their events as successful as possible. Do you think anything's ever changed as a result of your work? <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I mean we, we are, you quite often get people coming up to you after shows saying that they were incredibly moved by it and, and they would think about um, their own mental health in a different way and that they would be able to and understanding what they did about somebody's story, they would be they would be perhaps more understanding of of other people going through mental health um, problems, or they would, um, yeah. I mean, one one consistent thing in all the work that we do is that we have um, uh, question and answer sessions after films and after shows, and and you constantly get people talking taking the opportunity to talk in a very open way about their own experiences. And that's a really powerful thing for them. You know, it's, 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 and I think to one of the things I'm proudest of about this festival is we do create this environment where people generally feel safe to talk about this stuff. And just that is a really powerful thing. You know, we, we, we can't, um, we can't fix people, you know, we're not, um, we're not therapists, we're not, uh, we, we can't, we're not in a position to spend a, a huge amount of time with individual people trying to fix their individual, trying to help fix their individual problems. But we can provide a safe space 
where people can see stories that look like their own uh, or, or things that they recognize and feel safer, feel comforted, feel empowered by that. And it's, I think there are countless examples of, of times when people have seen something at the festival and come away moved and, and, and changed by it because they tell us that, people tell us that. I mean, okay, here's, here's an example, just one example. Um, I think it was two years ago, or last, was it last year? I forget which year, but there was, um, there was a, a short film which won one of our awards which is one of the most incredible films I've seen at the Mental Health Festival, um, where um, uh, the filmmaker had, um, had spent years traumatized by um, a sexual assault um, in his childhood, where he was basically, he was abducted um, by a man and, and taken, to, um, taken to a forest and assaulted. And this had a, obviously had a huge impact on his life. And um, he had created this film about it where he recreated the entire incident using claymation. And it was an incredible film because he, he'd, um, what he did with this is as well as as well as watching a, a kind of claymation version of this horrific assault you see him creating the claymation figures in the film and um he and and so you, he, he was able to create the childhood version of himself and also create his attacker in using using plasticine and somehow in that process of making that film he had i i suppose created a kind of power over that situation you know, in, in, in having the, the in, in, in creating a situation where he could recreate that narrative for himself he could both face up to what happened um, and he could some and, and it helped him a little bit to get past it I mean I think that that the scars from that incident will always be there and those, those things never entirely go away but but he had you know he had, he had somehow what's the word he kind of reclaimed it that, and that's not quite the right word, but he, 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 yeah. Anyway, so he showed this film and this film was one of the, the, our festivals, I think one of the first times he'd ever, I think it was the first time he'd ever shown this film in front of an audience and talked about it in front of an audience. And it was, and I did the, um, I did the Q and A session afterwards. And it was one of the most difficult, but also one of the most rewarding things I've done in this job because it was obviously an incredibly difficult thing for him to do and it was very very brave of him to be able to show this film and watch this film with an audience and then talk about it and he sent us this beautiful piece of feedback after the festival he said that it, it was a really it was a really powerful experience for him to be able to come here and show this film and talk about it and and he stayed for the whole weekend and he watched lots of other films um, that, that people had made and he made connections with people. And that was a really, yeah, I mean, and he, I, I know this because he told us it was a very powerful experience for him to, um, to, to, be, to be able to do this. Um, so that, that's one that sticks in my mind, partly because it was, the film was just so, it's, it's quite harrowing to watch, um, as it should be, you know, to, to, to talking about a subject like that. 
Um, but the obvious effect it had on on the filmmaker who made it to be able to come and 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 show this film and and talk about it in, in what felt like a safe environment. And yeah, I think that is something that we we are good at, you know. And and we get that feedback a lot from people who have made very personal work um, that is quite difficult for them to make, and they have been supported through that process to, 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 to make and share that work. Okay, final question. Okay. How would you like the relationship between mental health and the arts in Scotland to develop? Um, well, one of the things we are talking about a lot at the moment is whether there is enough diversity of voices in the festival. I mean, I think on the whole, we've, we've, we have a reasonably good track record in that. Um, but yeah, if we're, if we're wanting to create a, self, a safe, welcoming environment for people to talk about their mental health, then that needs to be a safe, welcoming environment for everybody, you know, from whatever... Um, uh, yeah, from whatever backgrounds, uh, um, in in terms of um, ethnicity, in terms of um, uh, in terms of what um, a social background you come from, what from from how, um, um, yeah, we're, I, that, that's something that, that we continue to work on. We we want um, the the festival to be as accessible as possible and. It's something that I think we were particularly conscious of this year um, with people saying that they were able to attend events that they wouldn't normally be able to because of um, just not having, I mean, for, for example, I mean, we, we try to make it as accessible as possible in terms of ticket price. We have a kind of pay what you want scheme with, with the film program in particular. Um, but even that, you know, I mean, even with free tickets, people can't necessarily get into a city centre venue, and and so can't even get out of the house sometimes. So, so, so an online program is one way of of bringing it, of making the festival more accessible. Although it doesn't solve everything because a lot of people don't have access to the internet either. But um, I, I think the thing we're constantly asking ourselves is who are we missing? You know, who is not able to attend our events, who, who would get something out of it? Um, because the paradox of, of this festival is that the, the people you want to participate in this festival as creators and as audiences are often the people who are least able to because um, if, of, uh, some, of a mental health situation or a physical health situation because because um, they live somewhere where they're not able to get to the festival, because they don't have the money, all these because of disabilities, because of chronic illness, because of all these potential barriers, and we are constantly kind of trying to check ourselves and and, and asking, are we are we as accessible as we can be? Are, are, are we as broad in our audience as we can be, and are, are we as broad in in the kind of um, artists and voices that we are including in our festival? 